Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. If episode 100 was our ultimate pod, then my word, this will be its Orwellian counterpart as we take inspiration from that most disturbing of George's novels to consign the worst tech ever to Room 101. In the second part of our Centurion series, I am joined by Scott Carey, David Hello. Price, Hello. and Tamlin McGee to engage in 40 minutes of newspeak, sending, as we will, our most hated tech into the dystopian dustbin. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, and this is the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, episode 101. Let's tear tech a new one. All right, so we've picked two things each that we hate about tech. Just did, two. Did you find that easy I enough? hate all tech. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do hate all tech, but we have to love it. Two things bit. we like about tech. <laughs> That'll be harder, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so let's start off with Scott Carey. What is the first thing you would like to consign to the digital dustbin? The Apple Watch. Oh, come on, Scott. <laughs> you knew this was coming. So why don't you tell us why, and then Mr. Price can uh, rebut- just gonna defend- rebuttal you. Uh <laughs> It's fucking terrible. Like, it's just, I hate them so much. Like, it just, you don't need another screen in your life on your watch. Like, we're addicted to screens anyway. And just to get notifications all the time on your watch and having no way to get away from it just infuriates me. The amount of times when you're just in the pub or just talking to someone and they just glance down at their watch like you did a minute ago when there was a wicket in the cricket. <laughs> it's just, it's too much. It's complete overkill. And they look ridiculous. Like they are so horrible to look at. Not even just the Apple one, but all of them. Fitbit there. Yeah, nice. What watch have you nice. got, Scott? Huh? What watch have you got? I have just a Scargon. So you do have a watch? Yes, I have a watch. That's yeah. what Apple did, though, isn't it? So they went to a market that was already overly wanky and pretentious and made it even worse. Yes. With screens. <laughs> yeah. What I would argue, there's a, num- there's a number of things there, um, but what I would argue is you actually look at screens less with an Apple Watch because... You look at bigger screens less. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose so, but it's like it's not really like a screen, is it? It's just like a little notification. It's like getting a pager instead mm. of a phone because, you. I mean, you know when that wicket fell... I'm such an obsessive, I would have got a notification on my phone and I would have taken out my phone and looked at the score. And I used to go to uh, barbecues and stand there all day with my 
a phone out following the cricket score. And people hate me, obviously, because that's a terrible thing to do. But now I just get the update every now and then on now my watch. you just subtly look down at your wrist. I know, well, I just, it goes <laughs> ding, like... and I look and I go, hey, KL Raul is out. And, that's and everyone that's at the barbecue thinks you want to leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> you keep checking the time. <laughs> I mean, it's not great, obviously, and we are in a digitally enslaved uh, world, but I think it's actually, if anything, slightly freed compared to phones and tablets and laptops. So, Scott, you object to the notification side of wearables. Um, do you object to the the health tracking side of it? I object to the notification addiction they create and how fucking nerdy they look. But um, <laughs> the nerdy. class can't you just like do health like tracking on your device? So I track steps yeah. and stuff on my device. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but the Apple Watch will like uh, constantly monitor your heart rate. Yeah. And also when you're going to run, it will just automatically track what you've done. A phone can't necessarily do that. My argument would just be just get a um, fitness tracker rather than a stupid watch. So you want to get another screen? So you think like a normal little... And just wear it when you are exercising, yeah. So you're okay with like GPS watches, like Garmin's and stuff that will track just your run? Don't wear it all the time. Just like, just you don't need it. It needs to go in the bin. Like, it's completely unnecessary. Another piece of tech. You are allowed to put it in the bin. Uh, Tamlin, have you ever worn a smart watch? Uh, no. W- would you? I, Do you hate them as much as Scott? Well, you know what? I don't uh, actively hate them. I just never would personally get one. I understand their sort of functionality, especially with, with fitness. It kind of makes sense to me. Um, I do think they look pretty ugly, though, even the sleekest ones that cost a bunch and aren't, you know, the Apple Watch or whatever. But actually from watchmakers, I think they're still sort of overly clunky because they need so much space for all the stuff. Um, it's just a one chunky boy on your wrist, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> the the odd thing is, is that I've never actually liked watches as a thing. I've, al- I've always like found, like, I mean, that generally that could be it because um, I didn't have any sort of aesthetic baggage. I think watches generally are like classic conspicuous consumption of wealth aren't they they're like you know these big fucking gold yeah for some but some, I know, some I mean, people just want to are... look at the time yeah but they very re- I mean I, I used to like you know doesn't look like puff daddy does he I so. used to wear a Casio digital watch um, yeah. which cost £7 from Argos classic watch because I just wanted to I mean they are but I just wanted to look at the time but I think so many watches are just they're like the sort of thing that wankers were yeah are we allowed to say wankers I don't know that's twice. I don't know. <laughs> so by um, that logic, do you think David is a wanker, Scott? What if it's wanky to wear? I don't think Cassio. I, I I think Cassios are great. Um, I'm, I'm in because he wears an Apple Watch. Because yeah, oh yeah, no, that's no. There's no secret there. <laughs> I think that's a fair comment. Question I have uh, quickly before we move on to the next topic, uh, David. Uh, do you turn off certain notifications for your watch because it doesn't have the Apple Watch doesn't have to be a mirror of what the notifications you get on your phone? You can like sort of granularly control what goes to your watch or do you just let everything that you get on your phone also come to the watch uh i, I have less notifications come to my watch okay. i genuinely can't think of a single notification that i would want to ping to my watch that would be so important that i won't look when i just next look at my phone which I've, is probably every three minutes i have a question <laughs> do you have to charge it is it another thing you have to charge yeah no no it's magically powered by <laughs> no but I was, I was wondering if it was, if it was batteries or something you have to... in any case it's just another <laughs> okay <laughs> It's just another thing to worry about, isn't it? Are you like, now going to put me in the top? <laughs> yes, well, you're already there, David. It, yes, it is It is another thing to worry about. You have and to this, charge it every night, right? This was a big thing. Well, oh, the Apple Watch Series 2, uh, what I loved so much about it was it was a two-day battery life, but that's still um, appalling compared to the classic Casio that I used to wear, which you never had to charge. So you put your phone on charge and your watch on charge. Yeah. Or yeah, what, it, what it's... Next? Smart hats. 
<laughs> I mean, it is. I, I completely agree. Well, no, it, it genuinely, it's a problem it with genuinely next will be glasses. It will be smart glasses. It will be Google glasses glass. Before. Yeah, you will. You can't see. I suppose you can't see like the Terminator. You can probably just see. So, <laughs> Scott's well, a- unless you're me, I mean, I, I do actually need glasses. So if they were my glasses and they were smart glasses, I would need them. They could move to a paper C model whereby they only activate once you've charged them. And what, like there's the been a microtransaction to- through PayPal or <laughs> something. Go take them to I the off-license. Yeah. Can, can you put 50p on my glasses? <laughs> <laughs> That's real late capitalism. <laughs> give, it, give it a year or two, it's going to happen. Yeah. So, Scott, you're allowed to bin it. Uh, Tamlin, would you bin it? No. I'm just so ambivalent to it. I just <laughs> never even consider them. It's totally indifferent. Well, I, I, worst, I am. I'm wearing a Fitbit, so I can't. But uh, Scott, you have uh, binned Apple Watches. Can I make one final? Oh, uh, sorry. Defense yeah, of it. I mean, yeah, time constraints. My Apple Watch go. has made me fitter because, unlike uh, a Fitbit, or whatever that you put on when you do a workout, and I just wouldn't do a workout. Oh, this you, is constantly so making Dave, you do David extra steps. David is addicted to closing his rings, <laughs> which is on the Apple Watch. They designed three circles, basically, which you can used to measure what three uh, things? Uh, it's the amount you stand up, the amount that you do strenuous exercise, and the amount that you do any exercise. So they're active. Yeah. And if you close all three, you get like a streak, and then it rewards you with nice. little badges. You know yeah, what? see, like... That would introduce so much more anxiety to my life. As someone who, like, constantly obsesses about mm. all these things anyway, uh, having, like, a quota to fill every day and extra things to worry about... I agree with that, As well actually, as remembering yeah. to charge it would, like, really stress me out. <laughs> But it's, I count it as a good anxiety because it makes, the, it makes me do good things. And it's 300 quid. Didn't the steps thing just get like basically debunked as well? Uh, yeah, all systems are sort of rough approximations of our steps. If David was to wear like this Fitbit all day as well, they would have two, yeah. two different numbers. And didn't also like some health organization come out and say that 10,000 steps is just completely pointless. Yeah, it's like, it's like one of your five a day that was made up. Yeah. Um, By the Vegetable so Council this. of Great Britain. Uh, I made yeah. that up as well. Okay. It, was something, it was something like that, you know. I think that's not far off. Yeah. Anyway, we must move on to Tamlin McGee's first topic of a certain uh, tech entrepreneur who you would like to flush. Guess who? <laughs> not only would I like to flush Elon Musk, I'd like to put him in a car and send him to Mars in it. One of his own cars, One of his own cars, preferably... Um, just as far away from the planet as possible. I, I please, think. T- please tell us why. I mean, there, there are so many reasons that my mind's almost going blank, so maybe just the most recent one. Is the main reason because he stole your girlfriend-to-be. Oh, Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Um, I guess the most recent, recent one was his Joe Rogan uh, podcast appearance where he like smoked weed on it and just demonstrated the ability of the wealthy white American male to get away with smoking weed uh, without yeah. repercussion, whereas one of his employees was punished for failing a, a drug test at, one of, at, at Tesla, mm. um, which is just the most recent issue I have with him. That's astonishing. I hadn't heard that second part. Yep. That's terrible. He but- is genuinely, I think, in the midst of quite a serious breakdown at this point. Well, he's like, not doing himself any favours, is he? He's just lost it. He's just lost the plot. I also started listening to that podcast and I just got bored. I couldn't imagine you, anything worse. Have you listened to it? No. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really know who Joe Rogan is. I got like halfway through and he's like it's so boring. Muscle-bound he's a jock, GMT man. Isn't he's right. a jock comedian, which is okay. a, a bad combination. Of all the people as well, I saw a tweet from Jack being like, just uh, don't well look beyond the headlines and listen to the whole podcast. It's so visionary, and it's like, oh, you're you're it's not, just, you're they, part of this whole annoying group of tech bros that just don't need to go bros. in the bin. Yeah, yeah, they just start talking about. Basically, Rogan just asks him, oh, "I don't understand how you have so much. You do all this stuff. Where do you, where do you find the time? 
And it, <laughs> Ambient. oddly, in fairness to Elon Musk, he's kind of like just trying to find different ways not to say, I employ thousands of people. <laughs> I'm very, very rich. <laughs> Incredibly rich, Which yeah. Tends to help. That's not to defend him. He doesn't come across well at all. Um, uh, I think just, just something that really winds me up about him is like, aside from his sort of like narcissistic fits of rage at the mildest criticism and comparing genuine heroes to paedophiles for helping in (laughs) national emergencies. Um, Just the completely infantile way he conducts himself on Twitter and with his new business ventures as well. It's like a, it's like a privileged teenager has been given $20 million to play around with and just no one's saying this is a bad idea and he keeps, gets to keep replicating it. Yeah. He, um, what didn't, there's so many things at the moment that um, sites are profiting off just like you know, doing weekly roundups of what he's done because there's so much stuff to do. Yeah. Which I, this podcast kind of does end up doing. Yeah. But yeah, he like um, fired someone, like a, a manager on one of his factory floors the other day because he was walking around and he kind of walks, Musk himself like walked in the way of a, a safety precaution that the factory line of Tesla shuts down. Yeah. And he was like, why is this shut down? And they're like, well, it's a safety measure because you're walking in the way of it. And he like fired the guy because... It had stopped. He doesn't <laughs> like, like safety measures. He's been union busting and stopping um, workers being getting mangled in his machines. It's so weird. <laughs> getting any compensation. Oh, so. God. Why, why is it that he's sort of risen to this level of wacky and, and, and world-renowned? Because, I mean, he's been around for a while before he got his hair transplant. You can see him um, pictures of him and Peter Thiel because they, they found a paper, right? I think there is something really literary and interesting about it, just from a narrative point of view, because he's positioned himself as this sort of amazing inventor who's going to come along and save the world from all these issues and get rid of cars with fossil fuels and so on and so on and he's just repeatedly being terrible yeah like i think the way i've always thought of musk well definitely late stage musk as he's basically he's basically as close as we period musk i prefer his early work (laughs) he's as close as we've got um, to like a Bond villain in the way that he's this kind of visionary. That's not a good thing, though, is it? No, no, they, like it's definitely not a good thing. But, <laughs> but that's he th- why he, he gets he's the Thomas press. Edison, but he's actually well, Hank Scorpio, or whatever. Basically, <laughs> yeah, he's awful. That's why he gets the press because he's a very good self-promotionalist. He's got loads of money, so he can just like basically go on any platform he likes. Um, and he just like he's got this weird band of merry men that kind of follow him around on Twitter yeah. and like back him. Yeah. Whenever he says anything, you remember when he did the apology to um, to the Unsworth is called the British diver that he called a pedo, mm. and he did that and he did that <laughs> appall- just... awful and he did that appalling uh, non-apology where yeah. he sort of pre- uh, prefaced it with a whole load of stuff all our lives provoked and and he is suspicious and he did all this stuff but I'm going to be the bigger man and say sorry and then all of the idiots just piled in they're all like oh this is you're the bigger man and he is a pedo by the way and uh, and, and just making it so much worse because this is what shields him from consequences and having to learn because he's got this group around him and he's also constantly dog whistling to the alt-right as well on twitter you can you can see it in his mentions he never says anything to sort of dissuade people from you know with like white nationalist twitter accounts replying and replying with hitler memes or whatever and it's like come on surely that should be <laughs> damaging to your brand not <laughs> well, he's pals with um peter teal and jack isn't he so there, there's a there's a thread there the trifecta of shit yeah <laughs> white libertarians yeah. that does actually lead us on to our next topic unless you'd like to uh rag on him anymore oh, we, could, we could just be here all day you really could like... what do you think he's going to do next that's my question 
not necessarily of his business ventures, but I mean, he's he's already done quite a lot of deplorable things. Well, he came out and said that he wants to do more like brain AI um, like interfaces, and this is a guy that actually was quite good at kind of like bringing to attention the negative side of AI and that there should be like an ethical framework in place. And then he went on Joe Rogan the other week, and someone said, and Joe Rogan was like why are you now talking about building your own AI interface? And he was like, well, I've spent so long trying to fight it, now I might as well join him. He's like, what are you doing? But he's probably going to buy a child from some impoverished group. And in, that same, in that same podcast, he, <laughs> he, in that same podcast <laughs> yes. where they're talking about that, he put to Rogan that um, he wouldn't like count out the, the, the possibility that our world is a, a simulation. Mm. And he goes down that route as yeah. well. Yeah, the, the well, worst possible he kind. It, he just had a bomb hit, so. Of course he did. <laughs> Musk, yeah. I think he's going to run for president. Ugh. I think he's actually more likely than Zuckerberg. Yeah. Because he has even more of a messiah complex and is even more of a terrible person. Yeah, Zuckerberg, there's a lot of Trump Musk, similarities there. Oh, that would be the ticket, wouldn't it? Exactly. But neither of them would want to be vice president. Yeah. No. I thought, you know, head to head, even. Oh, beautiful. If they could somehow both lose. I could see Musk being a... Uh, being on the Republican ticket quite easily. Yeah. Zuck on the Democrat side. Yeah. And the worst year of our lives. Well, it was all <laughs> got worse. All yeah. transpired, yeah. Well, all, all the people you've been talking about, well, well flushed. We'll put that. We'll put that in the bin in a couple of years. <laughs> we'll bin, and then all will be solved. Yeah, we'll bin uh, that presidential race. Uh, Space bin. <laughs> Space bin 2020. I do like the image of just, like, just putting him in a bin. Putting him in a bin, putting him in a car and just sending him into space is a really satisfying image. Like yeah. a more advanced version of rolling him down a hill. Yeah. The opposite. <laughs> was, was, that the, was that was, the other alternative? Yeah, so he was down it's a hill either one or space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And um, yeah, into space with him. So off you go. My, my first thing that I would bin, which you've already mentioned a fair few times, is I would bin Twitter. Would I, you though? Yeah, yeah. If I could, I mean, I can't. How Henry. many followers have you got, Henry? Not as many as I'd. I don't. I, no, I don't know. I actually don't know. Sorry, that's a very under a thousand. Yeah. Probably under. Probably under five hundred. Like, I don't. I'm a bit of a lurker. Would you put so, it in the bin if you were verified? Um, <laughs> I would love to be. Verified. Yeah, that would be. I mean, I hate Twitter, but I would love to be verified. So the problem I got with Twitter is that it's just it presents you with the opinions of people who shouldn't be emboldened. <laughs> um. And also it's kind of, it's, but at the same time, it's an echo chamber. So we all use Twitter and we think, or perhaps are sometimes led to believe that it's the opinions of like a lot a lot of people. And it is apparently 330 million active users. But that's good number, still, that is a good number, but it's not completely representative of the of everyone. And the fact that we're only viewing things and accounts from probably things that we're politically in agreement with. Yeah, so you only ever see a, a specific little bubble of that 330. Yeah, and then we see something we disagree with, which most people disagree with because I think we're normal people. Yeah. But it's like a it's like a shaft of light comes in from like the far right and then everyone shoots it down and everyone gives themselves a pat on the back and shouts the Nazi down or whatever. And but then I don't Trump's think the that's... president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that goes the other way. I mean, the wor- I think one of the worst aspects of Twitter is like when... Um, Basically, people like the alt right dig up like the old tweets of someone yeah. to like out of context and just completely shame them, and it happens both ways. And it's just a horrible, it's just a horrible way to live online. Like even at its core, I still find the idea of it odd. The microblogging idea, Shouting if that's what into we're calling it, just form. like that's a couple of sentences that just exist forever on the internet. Alternative viewpoint. I'll try and make it quick. Yeah, no, do. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a friend of mine was talking about uh, people with attention problems and um, other people with uh, issues like that, neurodivergent people, and said that 
for him and uh, some other people who like, have experiences similar to him, it's the perfect platform because they they struggle to read through long books on theory or history, okay. and yet some people will boil down the essence of an argument or something into tweets, and that's actually a way to involve these people in uh, the political discourse, I guess, that they otherwise wouldn't have the energy or attention span to do. Well, that's, that's cool, and I, I'm, I'm sure there are people who end up using Twitter for constructive things like that it's just my feeling that in the way that it exists and it's easiest for it to be used um it's not doing that <laughs> is it the way it amplifies certain voices that yeah amazing? like for donald trump he's like completely unpoliced on this platform where, where where there is no like common law he doesn't have to adhere to any kind of decency i know he's the president so he can't really be banned but, but well, also he they were like banned before he became president why can't yeah. you ban the president anyway because there no because reason. there's one person called jack dorsey <laughs> who just sort of from week to week will decide that there is this new rule because the zeitgeist which is probably again in his own little echo chamber thinks is basically what he sees on twitter mm-hmm. deems that oh this week we should probably ban alex jones that's but we the, can't ban the president that's the weird thing though isn't it it is just a private company run by this one dickhead yeah and like we could all but we could all leave we could all just leave if we hate it so much we could all leave and not use it anymore but we're kind of addicted to it and it's always been a cliche that journalists in particular love Twitter, but like we all pretend we hate it, but we actually all use it all the time and love mm. it, apart from Tamlin. I don't love it, I hate it, but, but I, you use it. I'm addicted to it. Like, yeah, you're on it, yeah. all, you're on it all, we're on it all day, right? Yeah, we keep, absolutely. It's really have, hard not to look. Yeah, I have um, Tweetbot open all the time. Yeah. The, the thing is that it's not just that it allows everybody to talk, which would sort of be okay, but it, it actively um rewards people for being um outrageous and yeah because the kind of dopamine hit that people get from things like instagram when they're like oh yeah no filter or whatever and but they've obviously just posed and they want you to go oh you look great or whatever um celebrities and regular regular people alike yeah but it's all rewarded in a more positive way right like oh you look good so i'm gonna like this whereas like you say yeah on twitter somebody can say like a really quite deplorable thing yeah, but the reaction they get will be like tons of mentions and likes and retweets and Absolutely. huge conversation happening around them that makes them feel really important. Yeah, and, and Donald it, Trump is the, like, is the exemplar. I'm sure that it, like some people who weren't quite sure of their morally abject views are now like <laughs> emboldened when they get that kind of immediate um, what's the word engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Even when they're getting just massively dunked on by everyone, they're, they're still getting people, numbers. Exactly. The people down the pub, they'll say it, and a couple of couple of other guys will just go, yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, 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 you're right. But now they can do it, and with the right, like, incision into a certain sort of social right sphere, and, like, yeah. they, they'll think thousands of people agree with them. Well, look at look at that prison planet guy. I mean, he was nothing, was he, before, yeah. like, Twitter, and now he's, like, got this little following and he can just do it all from his bedroom in imagine front of my his, shock that guy imagine my shock from his uh from his little from well he doesn't leave his house does he and he's in, in front, front of that, of that map. map yeah i just think we'd all be happier if it didn't exist i i would be much happier if i never knew who that person was <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i would bin it you wouldn't bin it i i couldn't i just couldn't it's the Why first not? thing it's the first thing what, I what, what does it what does it bring to your life that you would lose I, I I just really I honestly really like it as a platform. Like I I use it as a place to find stuff to read and what's going on in the news and what ridiculous stuff Trump's done the night before. Um, and it's the first thing I open in the morning, and I I probably spend about fifteen minutes there, just like. And then there'll be something that annoys me, and then I'll close it. Yeah. But I don't know. I 
I actually quite like it. it there, there is like a hate like thing, isn't there, that you were hinting at, David? But like, that's you, that's that's same with the newspaper, isn't it? You'd read the newspaper and everything would piss you off, but you'd still read it every day. It's not quite the same process somehow. That's, that's, it's, it's like that's editorial. This is just yeah, but you can you can kind of self editorialize. But I guess the problem you have is when people just get pushed to the top of your feed, even though they're idiots, and you yeah. don't follow them. I just I just strongly believe that people are idiots and pricks, <laughs> and they shouldn't be allowed to have a platform. Why Why should we have a platform? Um, Nobody should not necessarily. I'm not necessarily. Yeah, I, agree I think literacy I was a think mistake. Twitter. Very <laughs> <laughs> platonic. I preferred uh, it when it was just um, cathedrals with things carved on it, and then that's where you got all your information. <laughs> <laughs> Shrines to various so wait, demigods. You, wait, 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 wait. Are you putting the printing press in the bin? <laughs> Before that, actual language. <laughs> no, you can't have another topic. We will move right. on though. Okay, I would bin Twitter. Perhaps you guys wouldn't, but what David would ban is a certain thing to do with Twitter. Yeah, I mean not just Twitter, um, all social media. Although these days I try and avoid all of the other ones. Are you binning um, all social media? No, no, no. No, all uh, brands on social media. Ah. Use I, the example that you got annoyed at. Yeah, so you you posted something on Slack, uh, was it yesterday? Uh, it was Denny's. Yeah. They're all these American brands that I yeah. don't know about. And I think they're like a, they're like a cafe, are oh, they, or something? It's, well. a, it's, a, it's, it's a, a breakfast chain, cafe yeah. place. Yeah. So they posted... Delicious, by the way. It's good. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, for some, I'm happy for them to deliver me eggs and fries mm-hmm. or whatever they are eating in America. But what I don't like is for them to be posting these hilarious, savage photos. <laughs> um, memes, I'm sorry they call <laughs> yeah. them. With like weird sort of anti-humour, which you know I like when it comes from just people who I'm friends with. But it's like it's a million-dollar corporation going on. Oh, Let me just go. tell this the listener what it was. So right. it just made me giggle. And again, I'm a hypocrite, I know, well, I'm a hypocrite because I posted it from Twitter. Yeah. But it said it was a picture of like a dollop of cream and syrup on the top of some pancakes, and it had been typed above the tweet, "Zoom in on the syrup." And when you zoomed in, there's a tiny bit of thing which says, "Look in the left corner." And then you go to that corner, it says, look in the top right corner. And you, it bounces you around all the corners. And then when you, you get to the last one, it says, look in the cream. And you zoom into the cream in the picture. And it says, did this distract you from all the existential dread lol? And it made me laugh. And you really didn't like it. But they no, obviously what? just employ some millennial like, yeah. intern to do their social media. Yeah. For but why do, why do brands do that? Because it increases their revenue by 6% per annum because some social group, um, focus group has told them. And it's terrible and it drains all the fun out of it because like, right, there's there's lots of different kinds of humour, right? And you've got your humour, which is like Bob Monkhouse, where it's like punchlines. <laughs> Curveball. No, but it's like, you know, it, that, that's how old it is before you, you, you know, get that sort of stuff. Um, but these days, humour is usually about saying outrageous things and, and being edgy. And, and I like that when there's something at stake, but when it's a corporation and they've carefully trimmed off the edges of it and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to put in a reference to existential dread, even though that has nothing to do with what we do as a company. I don't know, Pancake's pretty good at taking the edge off. Yeah. It does serve serve a social purpose in that it indicates the end of every meme cycle and it's time we collectively understand to move on from that meme (laughs) instead now. So thank you, Brands, for that. But is it, yeah, I mean, that, that is... It's when uh, the one the, the one that really annoys me is when the two brands like get into like a an argument or a oh, fake God, argument or so loving. Oh, like that is just so brazen and annoying. So wait, David, are you suggesting that brands should not even be on social media? How else should they conduct themselves? Because it's pretty like airheaded for like you know M and S just to be like, now we sell this kind of bread. 
That's that is exactly what I want from them. Yeah, that would be my perfect tweet. <laughs> I would love that. That's your entire tweet. And then I would go like. Well, so, so Denny should just be like, reply. we still sell the same stuff we sold last week. We are continuing yum, to yum. sell brown sauce, and it would just be that. I um I, in preparation for this, I looked up some articles about the most savage comebacks by brands on social media. I think these are worse. Appalling. I think these need to go in the bin more than what, the brands. What do you mean thing. by savage comebacks? Then? Right, let me give you Sorry. some examples, right? So there is, uh, and again, it's American. I have no idea what they're talking about. But there's <laughs> apparently there is a thing called Hamburger Helper, right? Anyone know what that is? No. It's like some sort of minced like, beef thing like that clipping? you use to you like make hamburgers out of it or something. No, yeah, it doesn't pop up and go, I see you're making hamburgers. No. <laughs> Would but, it, you like but it's like some fast food preparation home thing. Okay. And uh, and some guy who they call a sexist dude, and he, undoubtedly he is, but humorously he tweeted, knowing how to make mix hamburger helper doesn't make you wife material. Then he had a photo of some like badly cooked <laughs> burger or whatever that his right. wife had made. And then hamburger <laughs> helper uh, replied, and this makes you husband material. And it's like, well, and, and this is and two separate, <laughs> okay, yeah, quite lame. two separate articles listed this in the best ever savage comebacks from social media brands. That is terrible. But here's one that's worse, right? This is how badly they trample on things. Do you know who Rob Delaney is? Yeah. The comedian. Yeah. He's very funny. He's very funny. So he posted and he was supposedly tweeting this at uh, Charmin, you know, make toilet paper. Oh, yeah. And their adverts are like bears with sure, toilet sure, paper. Sure, 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 sure. Exactly. And they're Charmin. like doing poos in the wood and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he tweeted at them, and he tweeted at them, my daughter was killed by a bear yesterday when she tried to offer it toilet paper, you son of a bitch. And it was, and it was, and he'd, and, and for the sake of the joke, he'd put at Charmin at the beginning, you know. <laughs> oh, I rate that. And then, and then like, Charmin obviously replied. Saying. And they said, oh, Charmin bears are animated. We do not advise offering ah. real bears toilet paper. Leave the wild animal wrangling to at Old Spice. And I'm like, oh, ah. God, you oh, Okay, that's lame. It. But that's lame. I, do, I hate you. I do like, on the flip side, the, the fact that there are these poor sort of people that have to manage these accounts and just deal with people who are sad like me who occasionally derive pleasure from trolling them. Like the other day, <laughs> the other, the other day I, saw, I saw some guy, he, he posted on Pepto-Bismol's Facebook wall. <laughs> My wife drank some of this product and something bad happened. And Pepto-Bismol said, We're sorry to hear that, Rhett. Please send us a PM and tell us what went wrong. Thanks. And he said, It took away her diarrhoea. She loved having diarrhoea. I just love that that's a thing you can do. Yeah. That is excellent. I do think the clickbaity, <laughs> these are the most savage comebacks on social media, are literally the worst form of content oh, ever to grace the internet. What about, you know, like when a kid, like, she thought the tiger bread looked more like a giraffe, so Sainsbury's changed it to giraffe bread for her. That was quite nice. Was that orchestrated by Sainsbury's, though, what do you reckon? Quite social was. media, yeah. yeah. Was she a plant? Was she... <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you have to even be that cynical, because there is clearly going to be some real people that spend all day going, oh, I didn't enjoy my experience in your shop today. Yeah. Hopefully you'll give me some free tickets. Because um, I've unfollowed people because they use Twitter as like a complaint desk. Actually, I've got a friend, yeah. I got a friend who and does... They're, they're probably, worse. I've got a friend who does this all the time and we always take the piss out of him. I just it. unfollow people. Like, we, we didn't pay for to get the same like seats next to each other on the same Ryanair flight. And then, like, he was furious because we all got on the plane and we were all in, like... 1B, 2B, 3B, 4B, <laughs> with like seats next to us, and he was livid. He was like tweeting Ryanair on the runway, being like, This is an outrage. And we were like, Oh, Will, it's fine. It's like an hour. <laughs> but then, what would have been the best thing for them to reply and say, 
Well, for them to ignore Shut him. Shut the fuck up, which is Will. Probably the best. Or them, yeah, and them to reply and be savage. Yeah, but they don't. Most companies don't do that. They go, oh, sorry to see, but you have to, you have to pay extra to book, which is what he knew anyway. See, I think that's it's okay. just a waste of time. Just isn't to tell him. I do feel bad for some of the teams who work at like places like I don't know any of the train companies in the UK yeah, who just absolutely. must be getting abuse all day because through no fault of their own, the <clears> company they work for is just absolutely dire, and they're just yeah, to, you know, that's true. Absorb that's all true. this crap from. In fact, that, after our break, can uh, go nicely into Tamlin's uh, second topic. But that we've gone on for far too long, so the second half will have to be zippier. Uh, A quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We're back. It's round two. Room 101 uh, has already got the Apple Watch, Elon Musk, Twitter, and Denny's and all those other bastards in there. Uh, thank the, the bin. Thanks, David. Uh, no waffles for you. Uh, Tamlin. What is your second binnable offence? Uh, it's Amazon. Big one. Yeah. So <laughs> gonna need a bigger bin. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. <laughs> gonna need one of Elon Musk's crazy space bins. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> so it's Amazon as a company, not like Jeff Bezos as a person. Well, he can go in he can with go the in company with as it. well. Yeah. Well, not 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 all of the company because not I any feel, of its workers. <laughs> I I feel so bad for all of the workers who are. Do you see the other day Amazon had patented a 
cage for its workers to stand in <laughs> that would like move them around. There'd be a robotic thing underneath and they'd be in a cage like fulfilling quotas, uh. unable to interact or go to the toilets or anything. What, so it like, takes them to different parts of the warehouse and to put their hands yeah, through yeah. the bars. And Amazon <laughs> responded to this by saying, oh, we've got no plans to introduce this. And it's like, that's a really low bar that we're genuinely wondering if Amazon's going to start caging people. And they said, oh no, we've got no plans at present. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we're just filing for a patent in case we want so, to cage people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, I, I see I see that uh, Amazon is like really useful, like it's objectively a good service, um, but that comes at a cost. And the fact that it's a one trillion dollar company, which happened fairly recently, I think, last yeah. week or the week before. Yeah. Like I've seen memes that go around saying, you know, Amazon is a one trillion dollar company and yet its workers are, you know, living in car parks. But I saw another one that said Amazon is a trillion dollar company because its workers are living in car parks. So the, this, this obscene wealth that's accumulated into like Jeff Bezos's hands and Amazon's hands to that's kind of an accident of monopoly, really. It could have been anyone, but it happened to be Amazon mm. um, comes at the expense of all these people suffering terrible conditions. And also bookshops and laterly, uh, latterly all other shops in this country for example that pay their taxes yeah like let's see let's see how it goes because i think we had a chat recently scott um about amazon's uh presence in the u.s and was it one in two purchases are amazon yeah it's mad so what next it's not unfeasible to think that they will completely dominate the consumer space no and uh, you know we we need to feel very very sorry for walmart and target at this at this point (laughs) because it's, it's really ripped their heart out um, there, there will only be one company eventually, won't there? It'll be like in Demolition Man, where all the restaurants consolidate as Taco Bell. There will <laughs> Good only, reference. There will, yeah, thanks. It will only sh- be Amazon. Surely, savage Twitter accounts. Yeah. Surely at some point, um, they would just be broken up. They'll just be anti-competitive. They can be more be powerful than, than than governments. Your, your faith in... Arguably, they're more powerful than governments now. Your faith in regulators, Scott, is wholesome <laughs> and naive, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I think I think that time is long, long past. They've completely... They're, they're basically a monopoly in the consumer goods space, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I know you were saying the other day um, on this podcast about how terrifying it is that they're now in, like, business procurement and public procurement, and that's only going to be another sort of string to their bow and they're just going to be basically everywhere and anytime you buy anything in any domain it's going to be through amazon i think google and facebook rightly get a lot of flack for being evil faceless mega corporations as part of a horrible dystopian world that we live in but i think amazon doesn't get enough flack i mean it's a trillion dollar company that abuses its workers objectively uh and is integrating itself with the american police state and the cia and and the pentagon like what more could you want for a dystopian picture of corporatocracy do you know what I mean Amazon at the front of the queue if you ask me I was reading about the 19th century last night uh, and like the East India Company and the Manhattan Company and things like that and I'm wondering when Amazon is going to be a parallel to that and have its own A country and B army because it only seems like a matter of time to me Bezos is swole now as well so he could definitely <laughs> he personally he is could have an army he, he, is. he does rock that gilet <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean we, we all use Amazon right yep yeah yeah. Bought some books the other day. Feel bad about it? Yeah, I bought a book the other day. Aid books. They're also very cheap and the delivery's a little bit longer, but it's cheap, uh, about as cheap as Amazon. I've been looking at alternatives, but probably those will also dwindle in time as well because Amazon is able to undercut everyone so much. Yeah. yeah. I really don't, like, don't... I, I do like going to bookshops though. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that there's, won't there's, last. There's, there's much longer. 
Although, um, is it Foils just got bought by... That's the big one, Waterstone. Did it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Which could well, it could be good for Foils, actually. Yeah, um, I do like that Foils. Because the people Road. that run, if it is Waterstones, I think it's Waterstones, uh, have historically been quite respectful to indie companies and hopefully will run it well and give it more power. I actually do only use Amazon to buy books, now I think about it. Yeah. Eight books, look it up, it's good. Yeah. I only know about them through Amazon. Actually, really? Ta- Talon, didn't you use Amazon to get a PlayStation 4 delivered to here in under two hours? Yes, I did. <laughs> nice. I thought it was a marvel of technology. It was, uh... So the services that it provides, like you say, you're not, you're not against them. It's the... Well, I kind of am, actually, hypocritically, because there's this sort of invisible thing you don't see. Like, it was amazing that it got to me under, in under two hours, but the quotas that must, have been, that must be in place at these fulfillment centres, they call yeah. the warehouses, yeah. and then the drivers as well, who aren't necessarily, who are contracted through Amazon, like, are having a terrible time as well. So um, I feel like <laughs> a bastard for having ever used it. Part of me puritanically also feels like we should suffer in order to have things. Like at the very least, we should have to walk to a shop or wait a day. They seem like the absolute baseline of what should be required to get a sophisticated gaming system. But no, two hours to your Would desk. Would you enjoy in two your hours. game more if you had had to walk somewhere for it? <laughs> I actually think genuinely yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that stems back to this coming from a man who wanted to take his Xbox to Las Vegas because he thought there'd be nothing to do. <laughs> you've, you've been telling that anecdote for a long time. And we move on. Thank you for binning Amazon Tamlin McGee to a similar vein uh, of your next topic. Oh, it was a clever segue. Well done, yeah. Henry. Yeah, uh, I. So I, I sort of generally don't like free things, but specifically, <laughs> I don't, don't like but... free or fun. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't like free fun. That's the worst combination. What I don't do you... like free games. Um, and I think freemium like apps. Yeah. So, um, so as as well, games go, <laughs> I guess you need to buy chalk. On, on, on that <laughs> on that front, from Amazon. <laughs> you know, you remember from you remember Spin the Bottle from when you were a teenager. Um, a company yeah. tried to make a paid for version of Spin the Bottle where there was like a plastic bottle on a little battery powered. Oh. That's like I hate that. But uh, <laughs> it's probably an app for it. It's probably a freemium. Almost yeah. certainly, actually. Um, but I, I only really play uh, iOS games. And uh, and there's a lot of uh, innovation in there, but it's been completely ruined by the existence of freemium. Wait, so, uh, you, so you play games that you like pay a, an upfront one-off cost for? Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes play freemium games to see if they're any good. Um, and they are tempting because they are free. Um, but they're always, or almost always, unutterable shit they are always um, bad but i mean structurally unutterably unutterably yeah. shit I, I they they are motivated to be shit it, it's in their uh it's in their business model that they have to be shit otherwise they won't make money because um they they put up obstacles so they'll they'll say oh, it's free to download free to start playing they'll they'll be uh user friendly just long enough to get you invested in it emotionally or whatever and then they'll start saying right for now before you get your next car or your next goblin or whatever the hell um you have to wait eight hours and you go what and that barbie you can buy some uh gemstones in order to not have to wait the eight hours and it's all built around the most um horrible psychological skinner box type um, principles and because these companies you know and you could you could say well i won't do that but because free games exist people don't buy games that cost 20 pounds which yeah. you know when i was playing snes games when i was a kid you would pay 30 pounds that would be a standard yeah. price for that's, a snes game playstation games used and to it's cost. still standard for, yeah for playstation whatever More now. <laughs> um and pc games like 20 quid 
But in iOS or mobile games, the standard is now like well, one ninety nine is genuinely considered premium, yeah, which is absolutely mad, and they cannot sustain themselves. Do like you remember that. when Kim Kardashian brought out an iOS game? Um, I'm no. trying to remember what it was called, but it basically made um, I think it made a million in the first week for her alone, and it was a freemium game because you would just pay for add-ons and extra dresses yeah. and stuff. It's just the psychology of paying for apps is strange, isn't it? Because some people. Do you, you buy games like you would have paid whatever it was when it launched, like seven ninety nine for Super Mario Run or something? But then the other day, someone was asking me, "Oh, what's the best podcast app?" Which is one of my mates, and I said, "Oh, it's this, it's called Pocket Cast. It's great." But I was like, "Oh, you have to pay, you have to it's a one off payment. It's like two ninety nine And they're like, "No, I'm not doing that." But I was like, exactly "Yeah, but if you you just ask them what the best one was, it's three pounds. You just spent six pounds on a pint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and this this will last forever as a one off payment. And like, people, why is that? Do you think the psychology of not paying three quid for something that you genuinely use every day because we've really got used to free apps yeah free services is this this because people don't realize that which has come to light in the past couple of years that that was at the massive expense of our data yeah but i I think there's a there must be another reason as well like i've read numerous studies that show that the biggest like pirates of content are also the biggest spenders of content on content okay so people will pirate music or whatever and then what they like they'll go and buy the vinyl which is like 20 quid so i'm not sure why what the difference is between like the whole app economy and why people are refusing to pay for two pound stuff like yeah. if you like it maybe like trials is the way to go i don't know i got massively addicted to a freemium game the other day called what uh golf clash oh someone told me that was good it's like genuinely <laughs> really really good and okay, I, was, I was addicted to it for about a month all right this can be this can be our case study then so how did it make money so it made money on like you could basically if you won a match against you played against a person online in like a very quick fire golf like hole and then whoever wins gets the reward um and then to unlock that reward you would have to wait eight hours but if you wanted to unlock it quicker you would have to pay can you pay with the rewards from the game or do you actually yes have to pay? but then right. you can buy extra ones if you run out right for real money because i mean I obviously... which i never did yeah but that's obviously how they make money um because i had the patience just to leave it for a day or whatever but i can see how they would make a lot of money and the, the way that it was clever is it was a well-made good game and the the good design of it was that it it, it hooked you before you realized that you were going to spend any money so they give you lots yeah. of coins to start with and then you play your first few games and you win and it's really fun and then you just want to keep playing but then you realize that you quickly run out of coins so then you want to pay for more and that's how they get you they hook you first and then they bring the cost do you remember arcades drugs. are you yeah <laughs> what, i mean like drugs do you guys remember the arcade do you guys old enough to have yeah. gone down the arcade yeah, and put yeah. 10ps in those games are always designed and we always remember those games have been amazing but they weren't they were awful you, you go in there time crisis time crisis is good. the one i was thinking right, of so, yeah. oh, you're how, so house of the dead was oh evil though. Yeah. Was i know you're talking about like bloody pong and donkey kong and stuff yes but um, <laughs> yes house of, the, house of the dead is a good example because it became impossible at a certain point and it was actually so in my, in my uh, university common room, there was House of the Dead and next to it was a quiz game, um, which at a certain point would just decide you were going to lose the money. And it would start doing questions like uh, St. Pancras Station is 612 centimetres yeah, taller like than something. You know, it would be something completely impossible to get and they just decide you'd lose. But actually House of the Dead was almost the same because at a certain it, point it was just impossible. That's what it boxes in pubs do, don't they? You play yeah. pointless and you get to the end and then at the end the person will always get pointless and it's like, oh, great. <laughs> But I agree with you. I would uh, I would bin freemium games. I hate the idea. I'd rather just pay for a game. It's weird that you would have to just keep paying for something forever. You could end up spending 
yeah. hundreds of pounds. But also, you, it, they ethically, you need well. to support mm. the people that made it. Otherwise, those people will not be able to support themselves, and they won't make any more. It's it's self-interest as well. Yeah. Is that a lot of the people that make games that I love <clears> no longer make games because they didn't make any money. It's like try and think about the standard of the stuff that's been made. It's simple. Would you both bin it as well? Yeah, bin yeah. it. Cool. The first unanimous binning. That would have to include what was it called? Golf Clash. Yeah, no, I've already stopped playing it because it annoyed me so. Well, basically, I stopped winning. So. <laughs> um, Scott. Yeah. What's the second uh, of your binnable offences? This is where we're going to lose all our listeners, isn't it? Because I'm going to talk about something really, <laughs> really boring IT. That's good. That's why you want to bin it. What it's it? basically um, there's just been there's a lot of buzzwords in IT and big technology, but um, there's been one that has grown into ubiquity in the last year or so, and it's called digital transformation. What is that? It, it's That is the problem. It's, it's nothing. Okay. It means nothing. It is used to describe everything. So Is this in conjunction with mobilizing the workforce? Tech companies basically... Tech companies basically say, oh, we're going to help you with your digital transformation so that you can adapt to digital like being like because uber is going to come and eat your lunch so you need to digital do you need to digitally transform which means you need to spend billions of dollars with us to help you do that so what's an example of what they mean by that migrating (sighs) systems or like can you even do it without speaking in corporate buzzwords i mean there are real examples but they're like not many of them so someone like walmart who we mentioned earlier has now basically built up a amazon ish website Okay. where you can get very quick access to their products. And that is a digital transformation for them. It's them moving away from their old world of big box <clears> stores <throat> to the new world of e-commerce. Yep. And they've had to spend millions doing that in terms of building up the infrastructure required. Um, but the problem is now it's just used as an absolute catch-all for every single kind of tech project. And it means nothing. And I've even seen it on like billboards and like ads in like airports now because it's just it's just used everywhere. And it's just like... a dog whistle for like people who have tech budgets to be like you're going to fall behind if you don't get on board with this ridiculous thing that we've made up it's extortion yeah yeah it's like your extortion it is yeah it's like <laughs> if you don't know what if you don't know what digital transformation is or what your digital transformation is then you're going to fall behind and your company's going to fail and your kids are going to be hungry so it's like it's like a it's like a wankier version of evolve or die yeah basically it's like the the modern version of that and i'm but, guessing that technology marketing is always in some way lent on this kind of idea spend money with us (laughs) yeah is it more annoying because there is a kernel of truth to it like the walmart thing you just said but it's just being abstracted into this like bloated nonsense used by everyone absolutely everyone now mentions it in some way anytime i have a conversation with anyone or go to any conference especially that's the worst is it just comes up over and over again have you ever caught yourself saying it because i have once or twice i'm sure i've written it i'm sure i've written it and i will be discussing with myself. <laughs> do you think that a company could not do it, though? Do you think 100%. Like a... You could just apply a little bit of imagination and, like, not call it digital transformation. No, I didn't mean not use the phrase. I meant for a company, in the broadest sense, to not transform digitally. To yeah, so remain... I want to bin the buzzword. But not the concept. Not the concept. But is the concept one of, like, complete overhaul? Or is it, like, just change that? You can do both. You so, can definitely uh, do both. Okay, that's annoying. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It yeah, means everything, it's so ambiguous. Once, exactly. Right? If you're Ford, you don't have to overnight bin your entire car making organization so that you basically become a rival to Uber. But you probably do need to find a way to 
adapt to people's different car ownership needs, okay. which now are more flexible or autonomous. So it's more like that. it's the it's it's like the concept of changing your business it's without just, actually ever just, naming what that is. But it's just is. business. Like business, you've always had to adapt or you're going to get like so it just means disrupted. Work. It goes back to Kodak, doesn't it? Like, yeah. And now it's just got this horrible, annoying buzzword hung around it. And I have to live with it every day. So I wanted to rant about it. No, well ranted. Would you guys been that? I still don't really know what it means. So yes. Yeah, yeah. been it. Um, good. Good That's rant. That's it. Done. The last thing I would, uh, this is the final thing. Uh, I, I would been... Um, tech leaks so when it's a difficult thing to bin because they're leaks <laughs> yeah they but we're in the week bin, we're in the week of uh yeah, they was, <laughs> you need a you need a watertight <laughs> container for those things room 101 is pretty watertight um so but we're in the, we're the day before as we record the uh the new iphone launch and we will talk specifically more about that in the pod um coming up hopefully thursday or friday um but just the fact that when like when the first iphone came out no one no one knew what Steve Jobs was going to announce. There might have been like, it's going to be a phone of some sort. They might do a phone. But the fact that we had no idea what it would look like, it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. Like, what is it, 11 years on? We basically know exactly what's going to happen. And it's not just Apple, it's for every kind of tech product. And again, slightly hypocritical because Techvisor and Macworld, we get a lot of traffic by publishing rumor stories, looking through the internet, combing out what we think is rubbish and what is probably genuine. But there's three iPhones coming up tomorrow and we basically know everything about them. And it's it's a shame that we don't get to journalistically react with like surprise and sort of immediate um, criticism of certain things, specifically with products. Just I know I'm being quite like this is quite specific to my job. It's a little bit inside baseball, isn't it? But the thing is, like leaks for me and Tamlin might be a good thing because it might be like an internal memo that shows that like Facebook are doing horrible things. So this is this is better, yeah, for B two B. Like if you if basically if you get a scoop or uncover a story, yeah, or leaks something, are great. Right? Whereas Generally. this this is a form of leak where everyone gets it. One person might get it first, but it's just kind of this. We'll we'll still credit the person who saw it first, but then everyone covers it and all the news is the same. I'm quite cynical as well. All opinion is just kind of flat. We just have to report this phone that someone's taken a picture of. I was going to say, do you you reckon it's such a popular model to create hype that it's possibly orchestrated now or at least allowed to happen? Yeah, that's the thing. Then you get like conspiracies and stuff. I'm pretty certain that Apple, that uh, guy that left the iPhone 4 in a bar, I'm pretty sure he was immediately fired. And like they, because somebody gave it to Gizmodo. That was a while ago, like 2010 yeah. or something, yeah. but Apple like raided his flat. Um, but yeah, like the Pixel Three XL, which is probably out next month, that's leaked really far in advance. And some people on the internet have been like, "Oh, maybe they're doing it on purpose to get like." Uh, I, I personally don't believe that, but other companies who need more press might well do that. It's a travesty like, that we won't all get to enjoy the big reveal of the Pixel Three in real time. <laughs> Shake down mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it- I know this is specific to my nerdy. Uh, um, yeah, taste, is there an but... ele- and I, I do share this feeling with you, Henry. But I wonder if there is an element of us both wishing we had uh, more serious jobs. Because <laughs> if we were, I just think that if like, we were journalists in another field, we might, you know, yeah. be reporting on. A, I, I know this is specific to like products and stuff, but like just like that. That basically because I have, I'm very privileged to have this job and I love it. But the one thing that it has spoiled for me is stuff like you know getting a new phone. Or like seeing something for the first time, like I see it, I've, I've got like seen so many and reviewed so many that now I'm just like, eh. whereas like my friend was asking for phone advice the other day and she was like, I'm so excited to get this. I was like, oh, yeah, so, so did I. I used to be really excited to buy stuff and get stuff. It's basically spoilers. 
Yeah, just spoilers for tech. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we could just like all find out at the same time and react to it with like an actual opinion. Whereas now we're just gonna be like, as we suspected, the iPhone XS will come out. It's got this camera, like we thought, and like. And going back to the echo chamber as well, the tech press, not us because we do features mostly, but mm. um, the people who do news, they are as soon as there's a leak, they are trying to find new ways or hot takes to cover it, aren't they? Yeah, and it's like. And I think just the oversaturation of all this stuff, yeah, and the leaks just mean everyone, probably us, we probably just report the same thing without much thought into what is even what we're even doing and why. I, yeah. just, I think it's kind it's of the a, existential dread that was not alleviated yeah. by the Denny's. <laughs> yeah, I'm staring deep into that processed cream. We've come full circle. <laughs> so that's what I've been, a bit specific, but that's our eight binnable things. Room 101 is bursting, oh. bursting at the seams. Elon Musk. I remember in the program they used to not always let things in, but we've. Room I th- yeah, I forgot that rule. I, I thought halfway through maybe, uh, yeah, I could have just not put them all in. But to be honest, I'm looking at this list. I've probably been it all. Did buy a book off Amazon the other day. I've used an Apple Watch. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I write about tech leaks. I probably Enjoy played a freemium game. <laughs> I haven't uh, digitally transformed, though. So no. Maybe I wouldn't have put that one in just to piss you off. I think but... you have. I think that's what you're describing just now, that you've changed from the wide-eyed innocent who didn't know about tech leaks. Now you've digitally transformed into... Oh, uh, Analog Henry, we miss it. <laughs> Analog Henry. Good nickname. Yeah, it got charged me every night. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That was uh, Ep 101. We'll be back to a slightly more normal. It will be an Apple special next time. Hopefully we'll get David Price back in to chat about the iPhones we've already seen online. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, that was your Room 101 episode. Thanks, guys. And see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.